Kansas Villanova, North Carolina Duke to go to the national championship game? Who should we pick? Let's go talk to the pros. Welcome into the Betting Pros Final Four preview here. We have a fantastic guest with us, Mike Kutry from the FTN Network. Follow him on Twitter at MikeKutryCBB. Mike does outstanding work. I've been following him for a long time. He is the perfect person to come in and tell us who to pick, sides, totals, and props for the Final Four. It's a fantastic Final Four that is headed towards a great, great title game. Mike, thanks so much for joining us here today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, Mike. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan, first and foremost. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to talk some hoops. It's, uh, it's Final Four time, so let's get into it. Uh, and you're the perfect person to have on because you can give us the knowledge. You can also talk about the lines and the picks. All your picks there on FTN are fantastic, killing it as always. I want to start with a reaction from the Elite Eight. So it appears, Mike, that we had what everyone wants, what the general public wants, which is upsets early, a couple Cinderella's, and then the clock strikes 12 and we move on to get the top teams here. So what was your quick reaction here? St. Peter's, Miami, those teams stepping aside here on the Elite Eight. Yeah, so I guess up until the final four, it's been kind of absolute madness, like March Madness implies, and uh, which makes the tournament fun, right? We had um, my my own New Jersey guys that are close to my heart, St. Peter's, which is funny because I kind of live, you know, maybe five, ten minutes from Jersey City. So I usually catch maybe two or three St. Peter's games a year live. And I went to a couple games this year. I like to see them play Iona and other teams in the, in the MAC. And um, watching them, the last thing that came to my mind is, is this team going to be an Elite Eight team? Uh, I, I didn't think they would even be in a tournament conversation. But, of course, uh, March is about getting hot at the right time, and that's what St. Peter's did, and they made that magical run to the Elite Eight. And, um, you know, unfortunately, the, the hot shooting on offense uh, came to an end against UNC, and we get a, you know, a, a well-known UNC Tar Heel team in the, in the Final Four. And it's kind of funny because, you know, all these upsets kind of happened throughout the Sweet 16 up to the Elite Eight, but we somehow snuck in these blue blood programs into the Final Four that, you know, everybody everybody sitting at home kind of knows the names of the Novas, the Kansas, of course, Duke in the Coach K's last ride. And then, and you know, the perfect storybook endings where they get Coach K's revenge spot against UNC, who kind of ruined his last night at Cameron Indoor. So, um, so yeah, it's it's kind of been a, it's crazy, but it's setting up for a perfect ending to a to a, a great season here. Um, so, so yeah, it's not nothing to hate uh, it, from a college basketball junkie's perspective. It's it it's, it doesn't get much better than this. Oh, it's fantastic. And it's funny, like you said, the tournament has been madness. I feel like with my reads, some of them were on, some of them were way off. One of them I was way off about was UNC, but we'll get to them second. I want to start with the first game here, which is going off at 6.09 on Saturday, Villanova and Kansas. Now, right now, Kansas looks like it's favored by four, four and a half, depending on, on where you're getting it. Over under pretty steady at 133 across the board. I guess my first question here is, how much do you think Justin Moore affects his Villanova team? I remember Mike looking back, had a question about whether we thought Villanova could make the final four in January. And at the time, what I was saying is Villanova has the same profile at that time that the other two national championship teams did with Jay Wright, 
with the exception of tremendous two-point efficiency. It wasn't quite there, but it has come around. They've played fantastic, but only a six-man rotation, and now no Justin Moore. So quick react here, Villanova, Kansas. How do you see this one going here? First game, 6.09 on Saturday. Yeah, so the Justin Moore is the injury is tragic and it's unfortunate because he's an outstanding player and he's very important to the roster. I think the line probably would have been more towards the two, maybe one and a half area if he was um, actually playing. But unfortunately, he went down with the Achilles injury. Um, Nova is not that deep to start with, but to me, uh, depth is a little overrated in college basketball. Um, I mean, obviously foul trouble and injuries, uh, depth comes into, into, uh, into play. But, um, I mean, these guys are in the best shapes of their lives. All these guys can play 40 minutes. It, it, that to me is not that big of a deal, um, depth wise for, for Villanova here, but Justin Moore from a talent level, it, it's a big, it's, it's an important loss for this team. So the way kind of Nova, kind of stacks up against Kansas. It, to me, they they fit the similar profile, kind of like the Miami team that Kansas just played. Um, they're a little more disciplined than Miami, and they play a little more physical than Miami. But they are very perimeter-oriented, like Miami was. Uh, they're very undersized, like like Miami was. They don't really have a true center. Eric Dixon, kind of 6'8". Um, he's kind of undersized for the center position. Um, they pick and roll you to death. Um, Nova is very outstanding in their pick and roll. They're 97th percentile in the country in pick and roll offense per synergy. Um, and they like to create a lot of mismatches on the perimeter. And what makes them unique is when they do create these mismatches, they like to post up their guard. So you see Justin Moore, not in this game coming up, but him, Colin Gillespie, Caleb Daniels, they kind of try to bully their opponent down in the post, which is not really much uh, teams are used to defending. So you really need size to defend those guards in the post. And what Nova kind of kills you is when you do overhelp, they have shooters everywhere. They pass out, drain the three ball. Uh, they kind of live and by what they live and die by the three point ball, which um, makes them a little bit variant in the tournament setting. Um, but like you said, this team profile is great as far as having the guards to to make a run like we just saw to the final four. Um, on the Kansas side, I do think that they do have the size that can match up with the um, with the Nova guards. Um, we just saw their best defender, Dwan Harris, um, get put on Cam Mugussi in the second half when Mugussi had 14 in the first half, where Kansas was, you know, majority switching throughout the game. Um, but um, Bill Self ended up having him chase around Mugussi in the second half and limited him only four points in the second half. And we just saw Kansas kind of just destroy Miami in the second half. Um, Kansas has uh, a lot more size, especially down low and David McCormack, who could have a big game here. Um, against Villanova. And I just think that there's just too many paths to victory for this Kansas team against this shorthanded Villanova team. You have McCormack inside, you have the length on the wings. Um, and then another thing to mention about the Nova defense is that they're very switchable and they like, they're actually ranked 14th nationally enforcing isolation uh, situations for their opponents. So you really need indiv very good individual scores. And to me, the difference is the emergence of Remy Martin on the Kansas side. He can score in bunches off the bench. Baji can score. Christian Braun can score. Jalen Wilson's can score. All these guys can score. Um, I think they can stop them enough on defense. So I think Kansas runs away with this um, late in the game. The thing that Nova is going to do in this game is they're going to really try to slow the game down, make this around like 60 possessions. Um, where Kansas, if Kansas ends up, you know, having Nova dictate the pace, 
60 possession game. I think Nova has a chance. But if Kansas can get into transition a little bit, make this more in the high 60s position, possessions, I don't think Nova can can uh, keep up. So I'm going to be on the Kansas side, minus four and a half. And I also like a play on the under. Yeah, great points across the board. So many I want to talk about. <laughs> First, the Dewan Harris move was so critical. And I'm glad you brought that up because, Mike, I may have had an under on Cam McGusty, 18 and a half points. So, so did when, I. <laughs> he, when he had 14, I, I couldn't believe we hit it. I also think that, Listen, if Justin Moore was there, I probably would be on Villanova because Jay Wright is just excellent in these situations. But like you said, it's a critical situation. McCormack is going to do things inside. There are so many guards that can attack. And the development of Remy Martin is really underrated. He's been injured all year. You heard him in the interview talk about how he's been down, his teammates had to pick him up. But he is a scorer. He can get buckets, which you saw with Duke against Michigan State and Texas Tech. Those teams couldn't get it late. I think Remy Martin might save them against Providence. They were in trouble, but Martin kept them in that game. So real interesting points across the board. My other question is about Abaji. All-American, incredible player, absolutely. But I have found that along with like the Ben McLemore and the Wayne Seldons of the past, these leading scorers for Kansas sometimes are hesitant to go outside of self-system. I don't know if that's by design or just by you know selfishness. They're going to need him to score. He could absolutely really take this game on here, especially, like you said, against a Villanova team that is going to be shorthanded. Yeah, I mean, he's a great talent, and we've been kind of waiting for him to explode throughout this whole tournament, and he hasn't yet. So maybe this is the spot. Final four, lights are bright. Maybe we see a big Agbaji game. Yeah, and the under as well, because I do think Villanova has to control the pace. Completely agree there. Second game, full disclosure, Mike, I've had a little <laughs> bit of a take lock on North Carolina, and I have to come around. My argument was for St. Peter's because I saw what St. Peter's did. Yes to Kentucky, I understand that. Yes to Murray State, but the one that stuck with me was Purdue. I'm like, if they can handle Travion Williams, Zach Eady, and Jaden Ivey, who's going to be a top five pick, why is North Carolina going to be any better? Well, the answer was Right now, they're scalding hot. They have great chemistry. They have great balance. The guards outside, Baycott inside. So this North Carolina team already has shown us that they can beat Duke. We have Duke favored by four and a half against UNC. I mean, just an apocalyptic game here for Coach K to potentially lose to his arch rival twice. Or is he going to beat them and get to the finals here in his final year? The total also 151. So where are you here on a side Get your popcorn ready on Saturday. Duke, UNC, as well as the total here around 151, 151 and a half. I mean, honestly, if you're one of those people who think sports is fixed, this is literally the perfect example, right? You have Coach Gay's last year. uh, He loses to North Carolina in his final home game at Cameron Indoor. Everybody makes a huge deal out of it. But of course, Somehow, some way, you can't make it up. He gets matched up against North Carolina in the Final Four in a huge revenge spot. I mean, not even doing any a- a- analysis on the game. Why don't you just hammer Duke money line? There's no way that Coach K loses <laughs> this game, right? Like, yeah. From a fan perspective, that would be the most tragic thing I think in ever in college basketball history if he does. Um, but if we we do want to <laughs> we do want to break down the matchup here, um, and like you mentioned, they they played twice this year. Um, and they split. Uh, Duke kind of gave it to him in the first in the first game, but it was more due to poor shooting by UNC. I was taking a look at the shot quality metrics, and shot quality actually had it like a 50-50 game, which was surprising to me watching it because I thought Duke 
kind of manhandled them, but mm -hmm. the metrics don't really back that up. What do I know, right? <laughs> but um, in the second game, it was close until halftime, and then Duke kind of, you know, put their foot on the brake defensively, and UNC just had their way in the pick and roll. They couldn't guard Baycott. They couldn't guard Caleb Love. Um, and UNC kind of ran away with that. Um, but, you know, I've watched this North Carolina team – a lot this season. And I had a similar take as you did is, is I was not uh, high on them coming into the tournament at all. Um, you know, I thought they had a coin flip game against Marquette and then I thought Baylor would absolutely destroy them. And uh, that did not happen. Um, so I was in the same boat as you, but um, you know, you look at this UNC team and to me, what's kind of gotten them to this point is that they've, they kind of ramped it up on defense and you just saw them really lock down St. Peter's who was due for some shooting regression because the way St. Peter's, St. Peter's, honestly, actually, uh, statistically, was the best defensive 15 seed of all time. I think per Kempom, if I remember correctly, they rate they graded out maybe 27th or 28th in the country defensively, which is insane for a 15 seed. Uh, not the greatest team offensively. They just got hot at the right time. So they finally cooled off. UNC locked them down, um, and that game wasn't even close from the start. Um, but you know, like I said, UNC's kind of ramped it up in the tournament defensively. But when I look at them throughout the year, they were very undisciplined 28th percentile percentage and transition defense, 34th percentile and off ball, uh, defend off ball defending. Um, so just very undisciplined. And, you know, you give coach K here a week to prepare for North Carolina, um, against Hubert Davis, who's, this, you know, he's done a great job with UNC, but it's his first year. Um, you know, I'm always going to side with Coach K here, especially, you know, you have the narrative in the background. Uh, Duke has much better individual scores. You have, um, and they have the size that can match up with uh, UNC. Baycott underneath, who's their, you know, their go-to scorer. Plus, the, Baycott likes to crash the glass. UNC is a great offense rebounding team. Duke has Mark Williams and Theo John who can kind of neutralize that. I don't know who guards Ben Bancaro on the UNC side. Um, they've, both matchup, they switched it up between Manic and Black. Black is a great individual. Leaky Black's a great individual defender, but he doesn't have the size or the strength to match up with Boncaro. And then if you put Brady Manic on him, Manic doesn't have really the foot speed to be able to, to stay with him in the perimeter or when he faces up in the high post, right? Um, so I think what this game comes down to, which kind of comes down to any North Carolina game, is how well the guards play. Because the guards have been very inconsistent for, I mean, Love and Davis have been in the backcourt for the last three years or two years. Um, and, you know, their consistency is a little up and down. Um, so it really comes down to how well they play. And, you know, I, I have a feeling Duke is going to show a little same defensive scheme as they did against Arkansas, against J.D. Notes, ice the ball screens, try to get it out of their hands. They just have to make sure they don't lose Manic, who is absolute sniper when oh. you lose him defensively. And he's had a great tournament so far. Mm -hmm. Um but, you know, I think they can do a good enough job neutralizing Baycott down low, neutralizing the guard play. Um, and then the X factor to me for this Duke team throughout the tournament has been the emergence of Jeremy Roach at the point guard spot. Um, he's kind of lost minutes to A.J. Griffin and Trevor Keels throughout the year, but he's been outstanding and really the point guard that Duke's been looking for all year over the last few weeks and in, in during March and he's bringing their offensive ceiling way hot, much higher than it was before this tournament even started. Um, so, you know, because of the, the narrative, the way Duke matches up, I don't see them losing this game. So I'm even going to lay the points and take Duke four and a half. Um, 
But I do, from a total perspective, I do think that both offenses are going to have a lot of success. So I'm going to be on the over as well. The point about Roach is fantastic. He started in this tournament, and I feel like it was a brilliant move by Shashevsky and the coaching staff. He has gone 35, 37, 35, and 35 minutes, just playing massive minutes. Just to give you an idea, only hit 30 minutes in, in a, one of the prior 12 games for Duke. And what he's done, Mike, I think, is put every Jenga piece – in the right place. He's had five assists in two of these games. Getting assists in college basketball, folks, unless you're Chris Paul back way forest, not easy to do. But everyone now is in a role, and I think that's critical. And you saw the window to close Duke, to beat Duke, I believe, has closed. You need to make shots at the end of games. Michigan State and Texas Tech could not do that. What Michigan State did a couple of years ago to Duke when they had Zion and Reddish and all those guys – is he, they were able to get a lead on them so that Duke had the pressure. Once Duke took the lead there, I think it's a totally different story. The emergence of Roach is great. I like what North Carolina has done. I think the Theo John depth with Mark Williams is very underrated because I don't see that North Carolina has that same depth. Dawson Garcia left the team. They have Puff Johnson behind him, but Baycott really has to have an absolute monster game, which he did, but he's going to have to keep it going. You mentioned Manic who's been on fire. I think he's 50% from three-point range or close to that in the tournament. That absolutely has to continue. I want to follow up question on the over-under because I remember when it was in New Orleans the last time all three games went under, but the prior time it was in New Orleans, all three games went over, the Final Four and the championship game. So talk a little bit about why you like the over in this particular situation. Yeah, it's funny. And there is a little bit of a narrative where, um, you know, as the tournament goes on and the games get more tight, you know, teams do play a little tighter and, um, you know, the under is usually the spot. But I think it, Vegas bakes that into the lines a little bit. I think these these numbers are a little lower than where they should be if you looked on Ken Palm. Um, but, you know, you have Duke UNC, you know that the game is going to be high paced up and down. It was the, both times they played, it was high paced up and down. Um you know, I think there's a few spots offensively that both these teams could have success. If you look at the second half of the last game, uh, Duke really struggled in that kind of middle top of the key pick and roll situation where Manic would slip and then you had a short roll from Baycott. Um, you know, I think Duke's going to game plan a little better against that, but just because of the pace, um, just because of the matchup problems like Ben Caro and even Jeremy Roach um, can give UNC – um, I think there's going to be a lot, of, a lot of points, a lot of possessions, and I will be on the over. I know it's a lot of points, but I'm still going to be on the over side. And of course, I'm with, I'm with you, Mike, on both picks. So now we're looking at Kansas and Duke. I mean, a legendary, legendary matchup on Monday night. If that happens, and we're right, where are you going in that game? Okay, well, I have to caveat this pick be, um, with that I have a uh, eighteen to one future on Kansas that I took uh, back in November. Okay. Um, so I may be a little biased here, but you know, I just think that uh, overall, top to ballot to bottom talent, Kansas has a little more talent than this Duke team from top to bottom. They have the size with McCormack. They have kind of dual point guards with Dewan Harris and Remy Martin now. Uh, Dwan Harris is an absolute lockdown defender, so if they need somebody to follow Roach or whoever it is, they have that person. Um, and then they have length on the wing with kind of a, you kind of call a three-headed monster with Christian Braun, Ochaya Bagji, and um, Jalen Wilson. 
Um, and they're switchable on defense. I think Bill Self just has so many options that can give um, any team they play, but this Duke team specifically, just, just a complete headache. And the one thing that Kansas hasn't been able to figure out all year, and if you go back and look at maybe like Bill Self's post-game interviews, he was always talking about their ball screen defense and their discipline on the defensive end. But if you, that second half of that Miami game, I think they may have found something defensively. Um, that maybe they kind of pieced together and Bill Self maybe figured something out um, because that was their one weakness and they absolutely locked down defensively against Miami in the Elite Eight. So if they continue to do that throughout the, these next few games, I think that they should have the advantage over this Duke team and I would be siding with Kansas. Fantastic. It would be a great, great matchup on Monday night. Last question, Mike, then we'll get you out of here. Player props, of course. We've covered sides. We've covered totals. I, uh, I'm on some unders in this Villanova game against Kansas because I do think that Jay Wright is going to be able to control pace, try to increase variance here in a lower scoring game because he's shorthanded. Abaji under, I think he's at 16 and a half is what I'm looking at. What about what are some props that have caught your eye here heading into the Final Four? So it's funny you mention that because me and you have the exact same thought in this game. Um, yeah, so Abaji was definitely one that I, I looked at at 16 and a half. I'm a little afraid – because, like we said, there's going to be a game where he where he sure. gets really hot and hits a couple threes because we haven't seen it yet throughout the tournament. Um, but pace-wise, I don't know if this is going to be it. Maybe it's a championship game against Duke, mm. you know, across your fingers. Yes, yeah. um, and it's not this game. But uh, I thought that 16 and a half, I would be on the underside there. And then on the Villanova side, I did notice that Jermaine Samuels' points uh, prop went up a little bit on DraftKings. Yeah. It's at 14 and a half now. Um, it's a little scary as well because without Justin Moore, he's going to be a little more involved. His usage is going to go up in the offense. But, you know, this number is probably realistically maybe three, two or three points too high. I mean, Samuel, Samuels throughout the year, I think maybe averaged 12 points per game. He disappears sometimes on offense. If the game's going to be incredibly slow, I think that's way too many points for him. So I like the Jermaine Samuels under 14 and a half points. Both of them, excellent calls. Samuels, I've been I've been hot and I've done well financially with Samuels over, Same. but the line <laughs> has adjusted. I agree with yes. you. It's going to be a fantastic matchup. Folks, Mike Kutry, FTN Network, FTN Bets, FTN Daily, all things FTN, great, great college basketball mind, great with picks, can really break it down for you and give you a strong rationale. Follow him on Twitter at Mike Kutry CBB. Mike, it's been great having you on here. Final four. We have the Blue Bloods. We're ready for a great Monday night. And for your futures ticket, I will root for Kansas as well. I think that would be fantastic here with a, a Duke-Kansas matchup and you smoking a cigar on Monday night with a big Kansas win. <laughs> I love it. Appreciate the support, Mike. It's, 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 been, it's been a blast. So um, you can have me on anytime you want. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. <laughs>